people. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. My name is Jared. And I'm Abby. And together, we're not going to say it's together because Abby refuses, but (laughs) we extra. We extra. And so this is our podcast that we have put together just to share our story. We are a family of five, and uh, if this is your first time with us, we want to encourage you to go back to listen to uh, the two previous episodes before this, as it's kind of part one and part two, and this is now the third part to uh, our story of how we have gotten to the point that we are at now. And uh, just briefly, we have three children, and all three of them were born with some pretty significant medical conditions. And uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about our little boy, our third child, uh, who is named John William, but we call him Jay Wills to give him a little more street credit. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, as we said in the last two episodes, uh, kind of seems like we've been struck by lightning two times with our first two children. And uh, our third child he himself is a lightning bolt oh my goodness Um, he's just this raging he man running around (laughs) it's like tarzan yeah he's just crazy he is crazy he's hilarious he's so funny and so smart and so smart and so wild but he has had quite the journey himself and so we're gonna share a little bit about that so abby go ahead and jump into it for us yeah so um After we kind of got the go-ahead as far as Nora, you know, thinking her brain, um, her hydrocephalus was probably healed from her surgery. And, you know, we were managing Zoe's health stuff and specialists and therapies and different things for both the girls. Um, We always knew, even before we got married, we had talked about we wanted to adopt one day. And at that point, <laughs> we, we, we were crazy enough. We did not think, we still did not think that the Lord had closed the door on growing our family. We felt very strongly that our family wasn't complete. That's right. So we decided to say yes to adoption. And now we want you to know uh, we're going to do a whole, probably a whole, I don't know, maybe season of podcast on just adoption and that process and that calling later on down the road. So this isn't really going to dive much into that, but this is a funny story. I think I have to tell it that Abby had been feeling the the call that it was time to adopt for a while. And it was adoption <laughs> Sunday, orphan care Sunday at our church. Uh, this one particular Sunday where I was home with the stomach bugs. Normally I lead worship at our church, uh, but this one particular Sunday I was home sick, like really, really sick this time. And I was just laying in bed feeling terrible. And Abby sends me a text message from the middle of the church service that says, Jared, I think now's the time to adopt. Yeah, we need to have a talk. She hit me when I was down. <laughs> the I was only way weakest, I was going to get him to say yes. And I didn't feel good enough to say, <laughs> I think we should talk about that. And I just replied, okay, okay. because that was the shortest reply I could in the moment. <laughs> Which, of course, to me is like... Yes. <laughs> Next thing I know, people are handing us money to start adopting. <laughs> a and little I'm like, longer than that. <laughs> but yeah, I did come home and um, said, so yeah, about that ad- adoption thing, I think now. And you were literally like laid up in the bed, like, oh. That was probably the worst stomach so bug I've ever had. Sick. Yeah. But I mean, come on, ladies. Y'all understand. Sometimes... You got to hit them while they're down to get them to agree to do some crazy stuff like adopt. Yeah, there's a couple ways women can get men to agree to things. Yeah. 
But the, st- <laughs> but the stomach bug. Oh my god. That's a real low blow. It's a real oh, that's, a, that's a real shot there. So <laughs> there's your first inappropriate joke for the We Extra podcast. Anyways, um, so we've got Zoe and Nora both with brain abnormalities. Yep. Zoe, we're managing her health stuff pretty well by this point. She's still got some challenges, but we're still we're doing we're doing well. God has given us the the wisdom, the discernment, the power, and the grace, and and she's doing good. Nora's recovered from her brain surgery. They think she's healed, and she's starting to meet milestones. And we're feeling, yeah, now's the time to keep growing our family. And so we sign up, sign up for the adoption process, like it's a <laughs> t-ball league or something. But <laughs> yeah. uh, we say yes to the adoption process. And um, man, just briefly touch on that real quick. Just, just yeah, quick. yeah. So um, we. Uh, <laughs> We signed up. <laughs> we just put our name on a list yeah. and they gave us a baby. Um, no, we went through the whole process, um, home study, all that crazy stuff, giving blood, hair. <laughs> they do. That, I mean, yeah. seriously, it's crazy what all you have to do to adopt. And then we started fundraising. And um, I mean, we won't get into all of that, but um, it was an interesting process. I mean, you get presented these profiles of children and you say yes or you say no. And at that point we had decided, you know, we were pretty tapped out as far as like medical special needs was concerned. Like we were like, okay, let's like, let's go with like, we're let's over say, two on healthy yeah, babies. Yeah. Let, let, let's shoot for a healthy baby with this one. Um, but that like, was our only stipulation. Yeah. That was really our we only stipulation. Yeah. A healthy baby. Okay. The boy thing was the only way I could get Jared to say yes to adopting. Jared's like, it has to be a boy. I needed some testosterone in this house. (laughs) And I was like, okay. But besides that and healthy, like race, um, bio family, um, information, none of that really mattered to us um, at all. It didn't matter to us at all, except for we just wanted a healthy baby. And um, well, you know, sometimes in life- God lets you go through things to prepare you for even greater things. Right, Jaren? That is, you know what? I don't think Stephen Furtick could have said that any better. <laughs> uh, he would have been holding his microphone while he said it, though. Yeah, I, I should have been yelling a little yeah, bit more. So, anyway, that's not a shot against Furtick. I actually enjoy his teaching sometimes. We're fans. Um, anyways, yes, yeah, so... We get a call from the adoption agency, and they said, hey, we've got this little boy out in Kansas, and he's already been born, and uh, he has a kidney condition called hydronephrosis, Um, but we think it's very minor. The doctors think it's very minor. He's doing very, very good right now, and he needs a family that has some, some, you know... Experience. Experience with specialists and... You know, just a little bit more extra care. Yeah, and wouldn't be like intimidated by having to deal with extra doctors and stuff. So we need a yes in an hour. <laughs> or and no. Jared was on stage. Do you remember that? You were on was, stage it dancing. Was VBS week. VBS. So man, that was like four years. Yeah, almost to the day that we're recording this. Yeah, it's yeah. Very close. So I was on the phone with the consultant, and I, she's like, "I need an answer an hour because he's he's been born. He's a couple of days old, and they have to like he needs to be in um, guardian 
hands within 24 hours. And I was like, oh my God. Okay, well, let me go get my husband. He's on stage dancing. <laughs> <laughs> gotta make them dollars. <laughs> hey, got, hey, we gotta pay the bills, you know. Uh, no, um, not that pay, kind of pay for all those medications for yeah. Zoe. Um, so anyway, then I further explained that it was VBS and not any other. I was not stripping. Joe. <laughs> Just to um, clarify that. I don't that. think he was. Yeah. At VBS, it'd be very inappropriate. I would probably not have a job. <laughs> it'd be point. a whole different group of people yeah. signing up Anyways. for VBS. <laughs> Anyways, woo. Um, tangent. Um, so uh, we end up, we go home and we're praying and we're going back and forth about it and Jared. I was a yes from the beginning. Abby was. A, I tend to be a yes. Abby can't say no to any child. I can't. <laughs> like, I can't. She's a special lady, and I mean that in the very best ways. But, anyways, so we called some friends of ours that were very close to us at the time, um, and very godly people, and they prayed with us, and all four of us just. Even over the phone, you could sense it. it was this tangible like presence of God in that moment saying, yeah, that's your son. And so we called the, uh, the adoption agency back and said, yes. Yes. And she said, you have to be there in less than 24 hours. You have to be in Wichita, Kansas. We live in Montgomery, Alabama. Yeah. And there were no flights at that point. And then we were like, you know what? Let's just drive. Let's just pack <laughs> both of our daughters and literally everything that we own. And now you got to understand, just the medications alone oh that we have like for Zoe, it's like we look like a traveling pharmacy. Yeah. And so we pack everything we have. And they were tiny too. So you're still you're talking about basically two babies. Zoe was three, almost four. She was a much shy four, and Nora was one still. Hey, yeah, this is going to be the first time you guys get to experience this yet following the We Extra podcast. We do these late at night and our kids don't sleep. Abby, will you open the door and see if you hear a kid crying? So. No tears. No tears. I thought I just heard something. So nope. our kids don't sleep. That's a tangent. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, in another <laughs> yeah. in another podcast. Anyways, so back to this. So we load Zoe and Nora up. Yeah, and we pack everything possible and we take the trek from Montgomery overnight. Overnight. We drove through the night to Wichita, Kansas. I think it took us 16 hours. It was the most <laughs> miserable trip ever because our girls don't sleep good in a bed. So they definitely don't sleep, sleep good, good in, in a car. car seat. And then there was Memphis. Well, that's a whole other pocket. Memphis Memphis got some stuff going on. Memphis, you sketch. I'm just going to throw that out <laughs> we there. We ended up on a sketchy side of Memphis. Yeah, so... We drove through the town, and then when we got to Wichita, Kansas, or was outside of Wichita, Kansas, there was like a plague, a plague of roaches. It, Wasn't it roaches? I, was it roaches? Was it locusts? I don't know. We stopped at a gas station, and it looked it looked like a plague. It, it was, was like of biblical proportions. You would open your door and they would fly in your car. You I would saw, walk and they would crunch. I, I saw mean, it was, Pharaoh blah. running from his truck into yeah. the gas station. Yeah. It was it was straight out of Exodus. It was. Um, yeah. That was a really bad biblical joke. Um, it's okay. Anyways, moving still forward. So we get there <laughs> and then at 10 a.m. that morning, we walk into the Adoption Agency of Kansas, as I was called. Uh, adoption Centre. Uh, yeah. Center. Center. S C E N T R. Oh, fancy. Centre of Kansas and this tiny little 
I mean, seriously, y'all, like the cutest little boy I've ever seen. It's just sleep in the bassinet waiting on us. That was the most peaceful he ever was. Because <laughs> he is so wild. Uh, and it was, I mean, it was love at phone call the day before, but it was truly love Man. at first sight. And we have a video up somewhere, yeah. I think. We might it's try to dig YouTube. that out. Yeah, we'll have to link it somewhere. And and of us walking into the room and meeting him for the first time. And Nora was just, she wasn't even two yet. She was almost two. Yeah. And she was like petting his head. Do you remember that? Yeah, and she said, hold you, I hold, hold you, you. I hold you. Oh and gosh, and so Zoe cute. was being all shy and bashful. And We're ridiculous. I'm sure people are like, Oh, come on. Get come over on. it. Everybody that's listening <laughs> to this likes kids and babies. So. <laughs> Uh, so yes, so we are in Wichita, Kansas and we get to leave with this little kid, this little three day old baby boy. Yeah. And we know nothing about his kidney condition other than supposedly it's minor. Yeah. So we end up there for about a week and a half. Um, Jared drives back, long story short, stomach That'll be bug a fun hit. One. That'll be another podcast. And Jared drove back to Montgomery with the girls, and I stayed behind to finish out what's called ICPC. Can I just um, say, Dad of the century? Of the year. Yes. I drove back with a yes. two year old and four year old girls by myself. Yes, let's toot your horn. Toot toot. Toot 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 toot. <laughs> and you stayed. In Wichita by yourself where you knew nobody or nothing. No. Mom of the year, too. It was pretty blissful. Oh, well. Like, that one-on-one time, it was really sweet. So, anyways. So, anyways. Um, then, a day or two later, we get approval, and we can cross state lines so we can take them home. And um, it's like a legal process you have to go through after you um, gain guardianship and yep. before you finalize your adoption. So, we catch a flight. We head home. And we're like, okay, well, we need to get up with the kidney doctor at some point. And they're like, yeah, you should probably do that. Yeah. And so we get back and um, we take him to our pediatrician and um, show her the scans and stuff. And she's a little more, she yeah. seemed a little more concerned. She, um, in fact, said, um, this, is a, this is a pretty bad kidney. Like, his kidneys yeah. look pretty bad. We, he needs to see a specialist probably pretty quick. Yeah. And it's not that the severity would have changed our minds, but it's just not what we thought. I mean, we were going from like having two kids that had brain abnormalities and illnesses to to saying, we're going to adopt a healthy baby. And then this baby gets laid on our heart and we're like, oh yes, we can do this. It's not really big. And then we get back home and then we find out it's bigger. And so, um, but we love him, and he is ours, and so we take off, and we start visiting a urologist, yeah. and oh, man. So the urologist looks at his scans, and, and he's like, yeah, this is pretty, this is, this is a pretty significant kidney condition, and so we do our first, um, uh, basically where they inject dye in him, and the very next day, we're hanging out with my... Again, my mom seems to be in all of these stories, I think. <laughs> um, we're at Burger King just hanging out on a Friday afternoon because that's what we used to kind of do as a family before things got really crazy. And mom, I guess, noticed it more than we did that his breathing was just real Weird. off. Like he would... He would breathe in, but then he would grunt out. Like he was just in pain. And we didn't really pick up on it because he wasn't fussy. He just... Yeah. He just wasn't breathing right and she said something's not right 
And so we ended up going to the pediatrician and... Check his temperature and it's super high. Yeah. And then we start checking urine and it's terribly infected. Yep. And so we find ourselves at Children's Hospital in Birmingham. And that was the start of a really hard year. Yep. And so I'm going to be on, I'm going to probably turn most of this over to Abby because I don't, this whole first few months of his life were a blur. Uh, I know the kind of the overall is that his first year of life, we spent three months. Three to four months total. Total at Children's Hospital. Not continually, not yeah. like in one solid, but over as the time built up, it ended up being three to four months worth of time at Children's Hospital. Yeah. It, it honestly is a blur to me too, because at that point we had a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a very sick baby. Um, we ended up, just to make a really long, what could be a long story short, we ended up basically every month in the hospital with him for the Almost the first fifteen months of his life, yeah. and um, we had he had a ton of infections. He went septic twice. He, um, we had some really scary situations. We were in hospital rooms, and doctors are swarming in, and they're transferring it to more of a critical care. And it just, uh, it was hard. That was so hard emotionally on our marriage. It, it was just. It was a hard time, and um, that yo-yoing of going back and forth in the hospital, out of the hospital, and in the midst of that, his in between the infections, he was having to have surgeries to correct. Um, what's and even called. In, even in the midst of his infections, yeah, that, he ended up having to have a surgery in the midst of a really bad infection. But he started off, we cleared up some infections, and then. He ended up, he had what's called double UPJ obstructions, which is where your UPJs, which are kind of like your plumbing between your kidney and your, your bladder. Your, your ureters. They're your ureters. And um, they were all kinked in, like the nested up. Nest, yeah. yeah, it was nasty. So they ended up, um, that ended up being six surgeries yeah. um, for them to go in, try to correct them, try to place a stent. And then put in, a, he had nephrostomy tubes for which, a while. Which if you are, don't know what that means, it's tubes that run straight out of your kidneys, out your back, like yeah. through openings in your back and, and down into his diaper at the time. And Yeah. And he like ripped the tubes off of those and it was just, oh my goodness. It was, it was hard. It was tough. Um, and I remember our first New Year's. This is this is an interesting moment for me because it's still such a vivid memory for me that one of my first real bonding experiences I mean not uh, he was six months old almost by that point but one of the first really um, like like big time bonding experiences that Jay Wills and I had was at midnight on New Year's Eve we were in Children's Together. You were home with the girls because we had to do things in shifts, you know, where you'd stay for a couple of days with Jay Wills and I'd be with the girls and then we'd switch. And I remember in New Year's, on New Year's, holding him in the special care unit, looking out the window, watching the fireworks over downtown Birmingham together and just thinking, man, buddy, we got an interesting journey we're on, but happy New Year's, man, let's do it. And um, 
so we we experienced some difficult situations and and for me some of the toughest times in that uh, was once again you know all, all it, I guess to kind of back up real quick I think both of our lives were not they weren't easy but there was not like real grief in our life until I answered a call in the ministry yeah. got in the ministry said yes to that call and then as we grew our family we started dealing with some big time hurts and then again we answer another call from God to adopt this child and then all of a sudden we find ourselves with this child and these significant um, difficulties and this difficult season and I remember one of these infections that he had he had gotten really 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 sick and it was one of those moments where you had all these doctors and nurses from all over Children's Hospital rush into the room to check on him and to try to analyze if he needed to go into ICU or specialty care. And you called me, and I was in the middle of worship rehearsal, mm-hmm. leading the band, and you said, Jay Will's fever has skyrocketed. We can't get it under control, and they're about to transfer him to specialty care or whatever it was. You need to come up here. And I had to leave rehearsal, and I remember one of the pastors of our church calling me and talking to me and just having an honest conversation about just flat out being mad at God. I really expected you to get emotional the first time on this podcast and it not be me <laughs> to get emotional the first time on this podcast, but I think it was three kids in with special medical needs when I kind of got to my lowest point. Yeah. I think my lowest point was with Zoe. Yeah. Um, because it was at that point that I learned that hard life lesson of life ain't fair. Yeah. And um, so that was probably when I hit my lowest point. But with Jay Wills, it was just, it was so constant. Like it felt like I couldn't come up for air. We yeah. would get home, we'd be home for. There were several times we were home for less than 24 hours. We were back up there. And um, this went on for about 15 months. And he had a really, really bad infection when he was about 15 months old. And they could not get it to clear out. They could not. They tried a bunch of different antibiotics. They tried pumping, like, heavy fluids through him. They tried a bunch of different things. And um, at the same time, he still had... Um, tubes coming out of his back, right? right. Yeah. And so um, we were trying to figure out what do we do? I mean, if if antibiotics aren't working, what's going to work? And his urologist said, I've got to go in there. I've got to try to lace through his ureters to get the, so he can get the tubes out. I feel like if we can just start getting things flushing like they should, then we can get this infection out. And I don't know if y'all know anything about medical stuff, but if you have an infection and they want to open you up for any reason, it's not a good thing because they never want to, um, if you have any sort of infection, they surgery is kind of, in, in based on what they told us, is kind of a last-ditch effort. Yeah, they don't really want to open you up for fear that the infection is going to spread into your bloodstream. Yeah. But we were kind of at a We were no at that point, though. Land. And and so this was kind of the turning moment for me in this of once again God saying, just watch. And I remember we put out a plea for prayer 
and we had thousands of people praying, and we even had some uh, really special people. Remember Mike and... Um, oh my goodness, we had um, Mike and Joe Yates. Joe Yates. And showed up at the hospital. And Joe had just received an incredible miracle. Both and of them Mike, had. too. Um, I mean, where God had absolutely... Healed. Brought Joe back um, from dead. I yeah. Mean, and, and Mike had been healed supernaturally of Lyme's disease, and... They were there at the hospital with me and Abby and my parents. And um, it's another one of those times where Jay Wills was in the operating room and we didn't get a call. Uh, and the doctor came out and... Or they, and I punched him in the throat. <laughs> they, <laughs> start calling start before calling you come out. Went. Everybody gets a call but so, us. So they called us into the consultation room. Yeah. And that was like, a oh my God, what's going on? And Dr. Joseph who's always been just a, a sweet older man, nice guy, he had a smile on his face again. He was like giddy. He said, never in a thousand years would I have expected this to go this well. He said we were watching, they had injected him with dye to see if his kidneys were going to flow or to see if... if flew, where the infection, yeah, the where blockage the infection was, was, all that. To see if everything was flowing and he was still trying to thread a something up to clear out his ureters. I don't really remember all of those details, but he said he couldn't get the the stent to go in. Mm-hmm. He said it just kept blocking. He said and they were watching the text, were watching the screen, and the fluid wasn't moving at all. The dye wasn't moving at all. He said and he was just getting frustrated, and he just kept working and kept working. He said, and then all of a sudden, one of the texts said, look, it, the fluid's all of a sudden starting to move. He said, and they all kind of looked at the screen and started watching it, and sure enough, it was moving. He said, and then about that time, he went back to work on the on the stent. He said, and it was like all of a sudden, his ureter just opened up, mm-hmm. and the stent just went right in as if there was never a blockage to begin with. He said it was the craziest thing, and he's he like— He said he had never experienced anything said, like that before. He said, and I don't know why that happened, and I looked at him, and I said— We do. <laughs> we do. I said, there's thousands of people right now praying for you and praying for that, praying for that surgery. Yeah. And uh, he said, well, that surely has something to do with it. Yeah, that was incredible. Mm, now we're both, I think, a little. I am not crying. You're crying. Your your face is crying. Your face is crying. Anyways. Uh, so, <laughs> so Jay Wills got better. Yeah. And then he kind of stayed better. Yeah, he's had a couple of infections ever since. We've been followed really closely. Um, not we, he, not me. Yeah. <laughs> um, by urology, he was diagnosed with polycystic kidney disease, and we were told um, he will likely have a kidney transplant. However, However. Um, we have prayed against that over the past several years, and his last appointment, well, Jared, you were there. Yeah. You took him. So... My prayer over Jay Wills and really every single one of our children every night is, Lord, protect and perfect their bodies because they all need protection and they all they all have abnormalities, so perfect them. And uh, at this last appointment just a few short weeks ago, um, I said, you know, where are we, what are we looking like with his kidneys? And well, Dr. Joseph, his urologist, walks in and says, well, his kidneys look terrifying, but they're good for him. <laughs> And he said they're stable. So what that, J. Will's kidneys are very dilated, much like Nora's ventricles in her brain. I mean, hydronephrosis is the kidney version of what Nora had on her brain. She had hydrocephalus, which is too much fluid in her brain. He has hydronephrosis, which is 
his kidneys were dilated from too much fluid not being able to pass through his kidneys. And so he said his kidneys look terrifying, but they're stable, and so that's good for him. And then as a nephrologist, urology deals with the the actual physicality of the kidneys, and urology deals with the function of the kidneys. No, nephro- sorry, nephrology deals with the function of the kidneys. And so the nephrologist is one who talks to us about how his kidneys are functioning and how we can help prolong or whatever. And I said, well, where are we at as far as you know, kidney transplant and, and all of those sort of things. And he said, you know, he said, I know that's been a concern. He said, but most kids that need a kidney transplant, they've had 50 or more infections just constantly. He said, Jay Wills had several really bad kidney infections. He said, but he hasn't had 50. He said, and then some of these kids that need a kidney transplant, they have really bad UPJ obstructions that don't get caught for several years. He said, Jay Wills had a really bad UPJ obstruction, but y'all caught it quick. He said, and then the third kind of thing is is that um, he said a lot of these children whose kidneys don't develop properly, their kidneys don't grow, and so the kids actually outgrow their kidneys. He said, but at the last scans, Jay Wills' kidneys seem to be growing with his body. He said, so... All of those things considered, he said, now we can't see exactly how much trauma his kidneys had during the infections. He said, but all of those things in the way his kidneys are functioning now lead me to believe that he might not ever have to have a kidney transplant. And so that was just one of those like incredible, like, man, God can, his power is made perfect in our weakness. And even in our lack, he Mm -hmm. has plenty. And uh, so, yeah. It, it, it's it's been an interesting journey. Yeah, to say the least. And now Jay Wills is like, he is he is so much fun. He's so exhausting because <laughs> the the boy outside of his two little scars on his back that just look like the cutest little dimples in the world, you would never know this kid has had any issues. He's so agile. He's wild they told us the dr joseph said he never needs to play contact sports but we laugh because his entire life is a contact sport he is just i mean he is every bit of boy he is wild and rough and tumble he's also smart and a know-it-all <laughs> he thinks he runs the house and he's the youngest one here but he's also very sweet he is very sweet very loving and that boy loves his family he loves his family he would rather be at home with us or at the lake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, he's a little obsessed with boats. But um, it, he just is such a joy and a light in our lives. And I'm, we are just so grateful. We're so grateful for all of our children and the lessons we've learned along the way have been hard, lonely, isolating, heart wrenching. But at the same time, we have found so much good. In all of them. Yeah, there's been a lot of, I can't, it's hard to even tangibly put this into words, the blessings and the lessons that we've learned and the increase in faith. Uh, But man, the storms and the journeys and the dark times that we've had to walk through, uh, even with one kid, is a lot. And we've had to do it with three. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this, and I'm not doing this to earn brownie points, but Abby... I'm just grateful. I'm grateful to get to do this with you because you have handled all of this with so much grace 
and integrity. And I know that as a mom and all you moms out there listening to this right now, you beat yourselves up and you think you're not doing good enough and you think, you know, God's given you more than you can handle, which he has, because I believe that if we had, if we could handle it, we wouldn't need God. But, but you feel like you're not doing a good job and you feel like you can't keep your head above water. Abby, you have been the most incredible mom to these three kids and wife to me. And and I know there's some moms listening to this right now who you feel like you're in over your head and you're struggling and, and you're beating yourself up right now or every night when you go to bed. I want you to listen to me as a husband and as a father. You're doing a great job. You've done a great job. And I want you to rest in that and that God is going to make up for whatever lack you have. And you're the perfect mother for your child. And any fathers out there, you're the perfect, perfect father for your child too. Um, but Abby, you have, you have handled these past eight years with incredible strength and integrity and grace. And I'm so, so grateful to walk this very bumpy road <laughs> alongside of you. Oh, thanks, Bay. Yeah. That's sweet. You did earn brownie points. <laughs> so, well, I definitely couldn't have made it on the other end without completely losing my mind without you. So I'm so grateful. And for those of you out there who are listening and you're feeling not appreciated, you're feeling invisible and alone and just isolated. Our hope is that. Through our story and, and and in the podcast to come, you can find solace in knowing that you're not alone. And we hope to tackle topics that are hard to talk about um, when it comes to special needs parenting, miscarriage, adoption. Um, and we really want to create a community of support for you. We want to be there for you. And uplift you yeah. <laughs> and stand in the gap for you. And see, we talk about this stuff together now, and I, I know we sound like, callous is not the right word, but we sound like we're so happy, like, sadistical about this now. But this, is, this has been an eight-year journey for us, and there's been some really hard times. In fact, probably the last two years have been some of the hardest as we have really intentionally worked through uh, recovering from, I mean, it's been a lot of trauma in our life and in our relationship as parents and as um, husband and wife. And so there's been a lot of uh, intentional work to recover from that and to heal from this. And even this podcast is part of our healing process. I think that we have a story to share that God has given us to share for his glory, but it's also in this sharing is going to give us a chance to even talk through and process even some of the struggles that we still carry about. And uh, and we don't have it all figured yeah, out. I mean, don't. even today I was in tears about um, just some struggles that were happening with one of our kiddos yeah. and it is ongoing. And it we're not be. at a point in our journey where everybody's healed. Everybody's great. That's it. We figured it out. It's all done. And that's why we're doing this podcast so we can tell you how to do it too. Yeah. No, that's not the point. And even parents that I know of that that don't have children with special medical needs, they just have what our society would call, you know, normal kids. It's hard. Life is hard. And and not only is it hard and, and, and I've heard them say it doesn't get easy, it just gets it doesn't get easier, it just gets different. 
And so I think that's true for us. It's true for whoever is on the other side of this listening is that whatever you're going through right now, it, it will get easier and it'll get harder and it'll get easier. It just gets different. And so we want to be here to um, to walk this journey with you, to create this um, this community of people who can support each other and pray for each other. And to also realize that over these past eight years, we've experienced a lot of isolating times and, and people that are walking through grief and trauma um, oftentimes find themselves very isolated because, because a lot of times your circle of friends have not experienced what you do and they don't know how to respond to you in ways that are helpful and not hurtful. And, and, and a lot of times the way we protect ourselves from being hurt or from having people close to us hurt us is that we will isolate ourselves and so as, as a family who does have some uh, extraness to us, we want to be here to help encourage you and to help support you and to help you know that you are loved and you are cared for and that we believe in you and that um, you're doing a great job. Yeah, you're doing a dang good job. Yep. So yeah. So keep it up there, pal. Good job, buddy good boy. Good job. Okay, We're so proud of it. But anyways, the way we have... You know, we could get a lot more in depth into, you know, some more specifics. I know it's hard to believe there's more specifics that we've left out. We're going to end here because this is going to be a good launching point, I think, for some topical, you know, some lessons that we've learned individually along the way. And we'll start those up next Monday. Um, So again, subscribe, rate us, give it a good rating, share it with other people that you might know. And uh, as we have done the past several podcasts, we're going to do this one. We're going to end in praying over your life and praying for your life uh, so that you will know and feel like you were prayed for. So let's pray, shall we? Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you just again for who you are. You are a good God. You are worthy of praise. You are so loving. You are so merciful. You are so faithful. And I just thank you for the truth of your promises that you are with us, that you are for us, that you will never leave or forsake us. Even in the midst of our darkest hours, our darkest times, God, you are with us. And even when we don't see it, you're working for the good of those that love you and are called according to your plan. And I just love the promise of John chapter 9 that that you don't cause these things to happen, but, but they happen so that we might see your power, so that your power would be revealed. And so, God, I pray right now for all of the listeners on the other end of this podcast, uh, that that whatever our circumstances are, uh, they would be an opportunity for us to see your power revealed in a very real and tangible way. And so, God, give us peace, give us strength, give us courage to face whatever it is that we are facing. Father, I pray that you would surround us with community that um, will help to encourage us and to keep us moving one step uh, at a time. And God, you're calling people into some hard things right now, and you might have called people and they've answered your call uh, into adoption or maybe whatever, and and on the other side of that has been a major trial or storm. And so, Father, I pray that you would affirm that calling in their lives, God, and I pray that you would give them the strength to face what it is they need to face, and I pray that they would see your faithfulness moving and active right now. Lord, we love you. We praise you, and I thank you for this opportunity to sit down and have this conversation with Abby, and I pray that you would just uh, bless it, that you would use it in the lives of those listening right now. We love you, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. 
See you next week. Yeah, you can catch us over at we underscore extra on Instagram. And until next time, bye guys. Peace out.